It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking packs. It's that time again. It's time for some stacking pennies. Fontana edition. I'm joined by a couple good friends. Mr. Pit Road Boats and Woes Analyst, Front Tire Changer on Austin Cindric's number two, Ryan Flores. Yo. Chuck Bush. Hi. And last but not least, I'm Josh just a Merriman. discarded pile of landscape matter. I, I feel like we've got like a team thing going on here. You guys are wearing your hoodies yeah. for the people that are uh, maybe seeing a clip out. But if you're listening, you can't see this. No, we're, yeah. we're Matt, literally, yeah. we texted each other. It's like, hey, you know, wear your cream hoodie today. We didn't text. Cream today. hoodie. <laughs> we did text. We're all wearing we dark colored pants, but Merriman and I have got like the boots and the. Merriman looks like yeah. the guy in the bounty, yeah. the bounty uh, box, the. <laughs> He's here to, <laughs> he's here to clean up your messes Paper towels, on yeah. aisle seven. Especially with that one piece of hair that's falling down his face. <laughs> Dude, it, for some reason, it just won't stay up. It looks up. like it's glued to your forehead. I know. Somebody told me I looked like the bad guy off kindergarten cop the other day. Oh, you look like the guy off the bounty, the bounty yeah. paper towels. Well, and our, our set does kind of have like a Death Star vibe, so you're like the bad guy and the... You know, yeah, it's a whole thing. Look like it's a, a whole thing. Hunt Chewbacca. Lot, lot. Well, there was a whole thing too, and just let's go. Let's just go chronological because the first lap of practice, guys. <laughs> he's Hold showing up. me the, the brawny. The brawny. Brawny. Okay, brawny. Brawny. Yeah. Yeah. Man, my most people just call me husky. <laughs> Forty-four. Husky. Fluffy. Anyway, God, chronologically, hey, over the weekend I, practice. Gonna, let's dude. go practice at Fontana. They were stuffing them in left and right. I was right behind Ross Chastain when he stuffed it. I've never seen anybody hit the wall harder than he did. What happened to him? Did he cut a tire? Or no, he, he got loose, loose, and then when he corrected it, it sat on the left rear bump stop, oh. and it looked like it gained speed. And then he pummeled the fence. Hit really at a bad hard. angle, too. Which Oh, like the worst angle you could possibly hit. So Roswick was okay. Pride was probably a little bit bruised up. Those guys got that thing turned around the following day, and he had a good run. I think. He, think did he, he run just, the same car or go to a backup? Dude, that thing was kilt uh, yeah. with a T, K I. Well, hey, man, you can unbolt the front clip, so who knows? You can't unbolt the center <laughs> section because that was bent, too. That was a big, big lick. Seat test, Ross Chastain passed. Um, but the Kevin Harvick spin right out the gate was surprising to me. That's somebody who you don't generally see lose it on his own, first one around. And they did fix that car. They did fix that car. They had to rob the parts off the backup car. They, wrote, they took the tail section believe the diffuser off that car as well and finished seventh i believe yeah he wasn't running well all day he was though. running right around me the whole day but yeah. that's also we'll get into it for pit road boats and woes perfect example of when your pit crew can grab you grab you four or five spots every stop next thing you know you're in the top 10 well i i thought it was interesting we'll probably get into this a little bit later in the show but there was a lot of people who didn't run well early in that race it showed up at the end a lot of people like chase elliott was a couple laps down and then he's up there battling for the lead. So Ooh, a lot of juicy stuff there oh, between yeah. the five and the nine. We're going to get into here in a bit. But the people spinning out, though, I saw everybody raving on Twitter about it. It is quite nice to see a cup car be able to be on the ragged edge. And that there needs to be the edge that you can tow and find speed, like a little bit of bravery, right? Like if you want to be a little bit under that edge of grip and not tear up your car, you can be that. But if the guys want to tow it and maybe step over occasionally, they're going to pay the price. So I'd love to see it. As Kyle Busch would say, the crispy edge. Yeah, he found it. The what? The crispy edge. Is that what he says? He says that a lot when he's got the crispy M&Ms on the car. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he found the crispy edge? Yeah. It's now, very crispy with this car. Right. It's not forgiving. Now, like, I'm 
don't get me wrong, I don't want to see a race with 20 cautions every week, but the, the races where there was zero cautions other than stage breaks that we had, you know, last year, times before that stunk. And the, the other thing that was really cool, like, I think on, on Twitter came out, uh, Cindric put up his last lap, and you saw, like, Blaney almost busted his ass off of two just driving the thing. So there, the there needs to be thing. moments like that. That's the same thing that happened to me. So that is a perfect example. Anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, there was an onboard camera, Austin Cindric's last lap. There's a, actually a perfect camera angle because it shows Blaney shipping Justin Haley down the front stretch. And then it follows him out of two. And with the previous car, when you're showing a right front headlight like that and your door, you rarely get loose. Like you're always getting tight because you've been in that, that wake. You'd only get loose like that with the previous car if you're showing a left front headlight. So when you see that 12 car jump loose, like it wasn't really anything of his doing besides trying to put squeeze the gas down and be in a bad aero spot. My day was going decent. We were 18th to 22nd, and I had the exact same thing happen behind Daniel Hemrick. He come out of two and kind of slid me, and I just I was showing the right front headlight, and that thing snapped on me, and I got the right rear wheel into the outside fence, and it bent the tow link which anybody who was listening to the Chase Elliott radio says, ah, this piece of shit broke. Well, it didn't break. There's a link that connects the chassis to the upright that keeps, you can adjust the toe of the right rear wheel since it's an independent rear suspension. And all that thing takes is a little bit of a hit and it makes the right rear toe go out, which makes it undrivable. And it make, it's made to be the weak link. Something's got to bend first yes. because there's so much more leverage coming through the wheel being 18 inches and there's no sidewall from the tire to kind of squish it from hitting the fence, something's got to bend. If it's not the toe link, it's going to be the upper control arm or whatever, something way more expensive. So when you hear Chase Elliott say something broke, it wasn't broke. It was just bent and his right rear tire was facing the wall, right? So, and then everybody wants to bring up, we can, we can dissect the whole Larson Chase Elliott thing in a minute, but when he didn't spin out on purpose, on purpose, like when that right rear tire's bent and that toe link's bent, you cannot drive it. Like it is undrivable. As we saw, the 48 had to come down, put a put right sides on it, maybe for a potentially different reason. But soon we've seen if a toe link bends, whether it be the left or right rear, like you're coming down to fix it. Like there's no driving it. The one takeaway I had, the other thing that I really liked from that last lap is the 99 when he got by the five, the five put it on his door. And, and in years mm -hmm. past, you're busting your ass. And they raced off the corner, yeah. you know, good. So that that is, like, I, I really like the way that they were able to to race, that they were able to use the draft and, and able to use runs. Um, and, and when you drove it in, like, Joey drove it in on the bottom too deep and got free underneath those guys. So. And, and, yeah, so you're not reliant on the side force to keep you straight like you had been, right? Because the previous car, you can get that thing sideways and the quarter panel and or the spoiler is going to catch you. But now I think you're not reliant on the side force by yourself. So when you're next to somebody, you can kind of lean on somebody a little bit more and not get loose because you're not relying on it as much. So that was nice to see. Take me inside the helmet because this is something I scratch my head on. Why did Suarez take the bottom on when he, that? When he had the run? Well, he had the run and he got out front and then – In three and four. In three um, and four, he went to the bottom and his car was tight. Granted – you know, Kyle Petty was telling us a story this week about how Earnhardt told Economaki unless he sat in a race car that was 140 degrees and was driving 180 miles an hour and had to make a decision to, like, basically shut up. So for me to avoid that situation, what would make him take the bottom instead of the top when you knew it seemed like all day, like, once you got going, the top was, was where the momentum was? 
So it's easy to Monday morning or Tuesday morning quarterback this thing, but I, that wasn't that long after a restart, maybe lap one or two, maybe yep. three. So I think the thought process was that the good, the, the grippiness of the tire could have at least maintained uh, on the bottom. And Suarez, if he liked the short run grip on the bottom relative to the top, um, see, my stuff was too free to run up top, so maybe that was the case for him as well. And I don't think he anticipated a run coming that quick from Larson. So that's a, a coin flip, I'm sure, watching the watching it back. He'd probably go to the top and at least make Kyle trying to catch him I don't know yeah. in the in a non preferred groove, but I didn't I didn't even notice it until we went back and did Geico restart zone with Larry Mack and I was like, why did he take the bottom? Yeah. It's just, you know, the one I, thing that it was I about wondered. a push. It, it really was in the short run. A bottom versus the top was a push. The lane four and five didn't really get going until lap five or six once the tires got to peak temperature. The problem that it looked like with the bottom is if you missed if you missed it a little bit and you got in those bumps, yeah. Like that's what he had to dump the throttle late. Yeah. And that I don't know if he hit those bumps wrong. Like we saw it with the six car. He slid up in front of the twenty two one time. We saw it all day. Yeah. Uh and even Joey did it in, in qualifying. qualifying. So the twenty four did as well. Which I couldn't believe dude when he when Joey in qualifying turned around the apron I thought he was wrecked then. He was halfway and, wrecked yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. But how how hard were those bumps to get through? So a, a next-gen car drives way more rough than a, a Gen 6 car, whether that's a combination of the chassis are stiffer, there's less sidewall because there's an 18-inch wheel, and there's less sidewall to absorb the bumps. And the engineers are trying to get these cars as low as possible because there's shock rules. And there's they call them shock stops, but really and truly they're hard stops. So once a thing gets porpoising on those shock stops, like you combine the aero shift as that thing bounces, it's shifting the balance from the front to the back to the front to the back. And it might not look like it, but those little heaves of a half inch are moving the balance a ton. So when you see the 22 hit that ride or the, the wear block and starts hopping like that, it's you're really and truly long for the ride at that point in time. Uh, two things. One, um, we got a little, little tweet from uh, DJ uh, Higgy on the ones and twos over there in the next room that SHR didn't have to replace the rear clip on the four, car, four yeah. car. So no replacing there. But the other thing I wanted to ask was we saw Reddick up front. If you look at the top five at the end of the race, is it too early to say this or are we starting to see that Maybe right now, at least in the beginning part of the season, the playing field is a little bit more equal with Suarez getting up in the mix and almost getting a win with, you know, Austin Dillon, Austin yeah. Dillon in there in second. And then the 43, you know, they're, they're making a run for it, too. So, like, you've got three guys in the top five. Yes, Kyle Larson won. So it is the old guard, if you will winning the race but the guys that are up in the in the mix are we seeing it or is uh, it yeah. too early to tell yeah nine out of the top 10 were different organizations interesting stat um is it coincidence to see rcr who has developed the next gen car that's who nascar went to they built it they've been taken to the wind tunnel for the last year and a half two years is it a surprise to see them when we go to the most aerodynamic place on the schedule to see them succeed no so there's their two cars there's the eight and three there's the Petty GMS alliance with those guys. So the 42 and the 43, Eric was hauling ass. Uh, colleague Daniel Hamrick finished ninth. The 31 was in potential and contended for a top 10. So it's not coincidence that the company that's had this car and been messing with it since its inception runs good at the first aerodynamic heavy track. Obviously, Hendrick's going to figure out how to make the race cars go good, as we saw Kyle, 
Kyle Larson win the race and Chase Elliott get crashed going for the win. It's not surprising to me. Does it make the it, – it probably evens it out um, with the teams that are closest to the OEMs, right? The Toyotas are feeding into their Gibbs team and their 23XI teams. Chevy's feeding into their RCR and Hendrick teams. And Ford's filling in their Stuart Haas, Penske, and Roush teams. But the, the thing that we are up against as a small team, the trickle-down of aero information isn't coming to us. Right, we don't see a lot of the tire data. We don't see a lot of the wind tunnel, zero wind tunnel data. So when you go to these aerodynamic heavy places, we don't know what's what and what pitch to run. We have the simulation, but a lot of it's not validated just yet. So I would love to think that the opportunity for our good days are higher than they were, but it's still going to be a grind when you're up against uh, the you know the trickle down of information to a smaller team. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's even, but it is cool to see teams like Petty GMS get up there and, and race for and contend for wins. Track house as well. It's great to see Daniel up there contending for a win. Good that for, was good for Eric Jones, man. Oh. That'd have been great. Dude, I was I was I was kinda hoping that ninety nine would get there. For sure, man, because and there's a lot of Daniel Suarez fans in this in the stands at LA too. That'd have been cool to see. And if they run that good, man, they, they hit on something in the Charlotte test the second day or the second test. And it made that car come alive. They found like three or four tenths overnight. Even, so, even last year, they were show they're showing signs of something that they can contend and be there. Well, it's different. So they were legitimately in the RCR shop last year. Yeah. I mean, it was a full blown RCR team with different decals on it. Now he went and bought Ganassi outright, so it is its own team tied in. They're a quote unquote key partner with Chevy, so they're getting the key partner information. Um, obviously Daniel and, and Ross are pretty good, pretty good drivers as well. So when you combine all the smart noggins underneath that roof, you're going to get race cars that go fast, especially when you have all this new stuff with just so many unknowns, nobody really knowing what does what. So, um, you know, was it surprising that Eric Jones was that fast? Probably. But now I think you can kind of point to those, like whoever ran good at California, probably going to run good at Vegas. I mean, for us, we're taking the same car from California to Vegas, to Phoenix. Uh, I don't know. I think some guys are, are turning those around as well. So a lot of a lot of different things moving and shaking this year already, and we're only two races in. It's pretty cool. You know it's not an unknown? What? How Suarez got on the front row on the last uh, restart. Tell us how. And boys come down and bust the stop off. Where did he come in? I don't know, but he went out way further from <laughs> where he came in. <laughs> I don't know where he came from, but I know where he ended so up. I don't, I don't know. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, I was too busy trying to get my lug nut off. We'll touch on <laughs> we'll that We'll touch on that. And Pit Road, we had a little bit of a woe in the two box this weekend. But I'll be honest, Chuck. I'll be honest. This car exceeded my expectations. I was a little bit nervous during practice. See all the guys spin out during qualifying. I'm like, shit, we're not going to be able to run five laps out of caution. But the guys made their stuff more drivable. They either raised them up or made them more compliant and made them just squishier because the more squishier and compliant you can make them, it just is more forgiving. Um, so it was nice to see the third most all time in passing for the lead in 32 out of Fontana, nine different teams, in the top 10 to Marion's point, 12 cautions. I thought it was a balanced race and it seemed like on Jeff Gluck's poll, got a pretty good yes or no rating. If it was a good race. I mean, it, 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 to me, just the novice looking at it, it looks like when you have practice, you learn things from practice and you get a good result on Sunday, in my opinion. Just taking – people were saying in our Slack thread during practice, 
uh, how many cautions we're going to have in the, this race. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of cautions. And then Sunday, it's the fans, the five wide salute, the fans that were there got a great show, in my opinion. It was still a lot of cautions. <laughs> I, were, I, were, I, ca- but, I was posting highlights. It's still a lot of cautions, but the racing product I thought was superior to just about anything we've seen at that race. Them things are a handful, man. It seemed like even the good ones didn't drive great. A lot of a lot of off-throttle time on the brake quite a, quite a bit. But you can be out in left field with one of these. Like a bad driving next-gen car it drives way worse than a bad driving Gen 6 car. Like some of like if it doesn't drive good with the shock stops and the independent rear suspension and the rear toe, like you can't physically drive it around the racetrack. So I think the target for setup got a lot smaller with with what we're what we're doing now so it'll be the teams that, that kind of figured out their aero balance versus mechanical balance are going to find um their way to the front a little bit more easy especially when we get to vegas here it's a worn out mile and a half and then the teams that went out there and tested at phoenix which most of them did except us should fire off pretty good are we going to talk about it you mentioned it earlier but uh you know the five and the nine why wouldn't we talk about it Kids now there. do i think it's been made a bigger story than it is probably so i mean really and truly it's two guys racing for the lead they just happen to be under the same roof there might be a little milk and cookies maybe well, a little, little milk and cookies the, t- the audio from chase's radio is I mean, he's mad i well, mean shit he's mad he's racing for the win man should be yeah he should be mad i i want a angry chase elliott like i want him to be pissed well off i want him to talk win. on national tv afterwards too fair they bail i don't know yeah. i mean the, I don't think the, the race went a little long so i'm not gonna say he bailed but like i would i would like to hear both sides of that story afterwards. well you hear larson's and i don't think he, he genuinely didn't know that he was out there i don't think he might have known that he was out there because it was a fairly late call by tyler mon his his spotter who ended up putting a tweet out saying it his fault the end of the day, you're the one holding the wheel and controls. Larson is, but he took he, he felt bad about it. I don't think he realized the nine was coming with that much of a run. Well, I don't know if you listened to it, but he was trying to side draft Joey, right? So his his eyes are kind of looking out his a post to see how close he is to the right rear wheel to pull him back, and he says that as he peeled off of him is simultaneously when the nine went to go to his right rear and he stuck him in the fence. I really don't think it was intent to block was it road america last year where those two guys had a run in somebody hit somebody and spun them i'm not sure kyle kyle when you watch him across any discipline in midgets sprint cars cup cars he puts guys in positions where like hey we're gonna wreck if you don't lift like he he's not scared um is this a hot take no but watching the odd like he's done it to chase like he's put chase in positions getting the pit road i think at texas or somewhere where it was like he used them up pretty good put him in a position where he knew Chase's box was first and got underneath him, and Chase had to lift and get down. Like, you don't forget that stuff. Do you think there's some little uh, – trying to see who the alpha dog is? Well, but look, who wants to be second best in Hendrick Motorsports, right? You got a dude that won a championship in 20. You got somebody that come in their first year, win the championship in 21. Like, I don't care who you are. That's going you, – you want to be the best. He's not driving that nine car thinking, you know what? I'm cool with being I, second. I'm cool with being second. Hell no, you're trying to win the race. Yeah. But as an organization, you want that competitive. Yeah. Competitiveness, For sure. in my opinion, because you've got guys that are pissed off when they don't get the win, and you've got a guy that comes in that gets the championship. So he should be angry about, not angry, but fired up yeah. about that. Yeah. And wanting to go out and perform. And I mean, how's Chase's, you know, last year was an okay year. 
not great. Up, up, say again, up against healthy. Larson's 10. You want to be healthy competitiveness. Right, though. right. And this isn't new. Like, if you go back to 2010, Jeff and Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Texas, Talladega. Like, there was times when they were, like, they, they weren't um, as vocal on the radio, but they were definitely pissed off at each other. But what comes out of that? Yeah, you either, you're pushing each other, right? Yes. Yeah. Or right. you you either grow and push each other, or one guy shuts down and starts getting mad and and blaming, you know. And I think that place is like Jeff has been through it. He's running the place. Rick yeah. Hendricks been through it. There's Chad. enough people there to where they'll get their finger on it and get it figured out. But like I think Kyle said it best. He said if if this is if this keeps continuing, it's going to be a thing. If it's just an isolated event like this week. Then it'll just be a bump in the road. Yeah, and it's situational too. I mean, how often does does that particular thing happen where when a teammate's drafting with you, you don't work with them? I mean, that was a, I think that was solely situational. Them guys down with I think it was twenty to go, maybe a little less than that. Um, and and guys are going hard. And to Chuck's point, you don't want to dampen the competitiveness or the fire those guys have. You just have to control it a little bit. No, but they are going to be running. I mean. They got two really good race cars or two really good race car drivers, so they're going to be running in and around each other. So the TV cameras, whenever the five and nine are close to each other, they're going to be on there. People always end up on the same truck riding around the racetrack after this stuff. It's just weird how it happens. So If it happens 20 laps into the race, different story. With yeah. 20 to go, it's like when are you going to the whip? When are you you know that making that push? So I, I think, like you said, it's situational. And yes, 20 laps in, there's an issue. End of the race, meh. Have at it, boys. Now, we all know how vocal Chase Elliott fans are, right? So they, they might be trying to make it a thing when it's – I don't believe it's a thing unless it's, you know, continues to be something. They're going to come after you. Yeah, it ain't a thing. <laughs> it ain't a thing. He got the short end of the stick. Kyle Larson won the race. I'm sure sometime this year the shoe's going to be on the other foot. That's, how that's just how it works. How it works. I don't know. Corey's on Kyle's side because Chase stole his hat idea. <laughs> I was, I, I was, I was, pay, I was trying to find that. some burned. way to bring the hat <laughs> yeah. into it. Like, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swag. Hat was on the other head. If the hat fits, wear it. <laughs> Chase Elliott, bona fide swagger jacker. <laughs> Write it down. I wouldn't mind jacking some of his swagger with that new contract extension you signed over to Hendrick. He's gonna be in pretty good shape. Chuck, bona fide. He's got prospects. Chuck. Does Chase Elliott spend the rest of his career at Hendrick Motorsports? Yes. Yes. All day. Like, I, I, he how, is how a old Hendrick is lifer. 27? Uh, yeah, not 30 yet. Yeah. Not quite 30. But, I mean, why Why wouldn't you? Why Why would you leave an organization like that if you're Chase Elliott? What if the next celebrity comes in, hires him? Who's the next celebrity come in? Cam Newton and his hat sponsor. Mashika. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the, the Haberdasher 9. Like, no, I mean, I, yeah, maybe somebody like that could lure him away, but I, I doubt it. Not Cam Newton. I, I doubt it. I doubt that there's somebody that could come in. I think that, his dad could do it. What if Dwayne yeah. Johnson, what if The Rock comes in? You're talking about a, a Rock, in a hard Elliot. Place. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, What I mean, what if Bill wants to start a team? The only way Chase leaves Hendrick after his next deal is if a new OEM comes in and throws the bag at him. That's what I think happens. If if not if there's not a big OEM Honda, Hyundai, Volkswagen, Dodge potentially, but I don't I don't know if they're coming in. Or you not. go, you go, they go. I mean, Chase. The goes. only that's the only because if you're a new OEM coming in, why wouldn't you throw the bag at Chase Elliott? Champion, most popular driver, forty five years in a row. It sells you T-shirts, right? And you can get the job done on the racetrack. That's who an OEM would want to build with. But then if you're Hendrick, aren't you going to counter with that too? Like, are you going to let that go away if you're Hendrick? No. 
like that's a little bidding war for old Clyde. Yeah, I love mean, that. I think he comes out on top, and I think he stays there. You I, think there for he retires at Hendrick? Yeah, and then I, I think he becomes part of the organization. And I think he's and the Ka- next Ka- Jeff Gordon. I don't think so. No, yeah, he's not you that can't guy. run that organization from the Dawsonville pool room. I'm just trying you to have get to my cold takes going. Too. Does uh, Kyle, yeah. the Kyle Larson finish his career? Ah, uh, yes. for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, his NASCAR career. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, I mean, I mean, how many? You don't more? think? I he's. I think Chase Elliott's more than him. Like yeah. if, more married to it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he moves around. Like he races so much stuff that if there's some like if, like a racer that's gonna like go do something else, it'd be him. But I don't think he leaves. Why would you? I mean, they got a pretty good thing going on right I, now. It's like, I, all of them there do like. They're all performing well, for the most part, last season. You know what's not performing well is the statue the California Auto Club made yes. of Alex Bowman's face. That's truly the biggest Hendrick story to come out of the weekend for me. I mean, dear God, who minted that damn thing? Ray Charles? It's He's hard at- to do a statue of somebody's face. I think it was uh, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, that, that yeah. one's great. Yeah, like, Do yourself it- a favor and just Google Cristiano Ronaldo statue <laughs> like that is very difficult to do without like doing an actual mold of somebody's face i it's 2022 chuck There's, the technology yeah. should be there to they've copy had, a face. they've had two years to <laughs> i mean gee then they sir it looked more like merriman than it looked like Alex well Bowman. damn they should put that in the smithsonian somebody's gonna buy that thing for 45 ethereum be on the board eight yacht club board eight yacht club because it it looked more like a gorilla it did. It looked like Bowman. it belonged to be an NFT. When I saw that text come through, I was like, what? Is this, is this like one of Merriman's bad, like, Photoshop thing? Like, oh, so funny. Yeah, it was. It was oh, I saw on Reddit some guy yeah. just cropped the picture off the uh, plaque and put it on his on his fire suit. Display. It was amazing. Man, enough of that. I'd Let's like get into pit road boats and woes. Stand by after the break. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, guys, it's time for some pit road boats and woes with my good friend Ryan Flores, who, uh, you know, cost the two a good day. Had a good day going until he come down and f***ed him on the last stop. What happened? Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't love the wording there, but... We had a decent day going. Uh, we got in a wreck with with Bradley and Bubba there. Got her fixed up. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. So, so second to last stop, come in. How, hang on. How much damage did the car have there? Uh, not a ton. Um, he got through it pretty good. Uh, he said his wheel was off just a touch. Uh, I think we came in and adjusted it. He said that the wheel was still off a little bit, so it makes me think that 
the rear maybe got hit a little bit more than the front mm. because with the rear toe, you know, it'll do the same thing to your wheel uh, as front toe will. And when you adjust the front toe, it won't fix it. Uh, when you do that, do you just change where your where zero is on your wheel? No. When your wheel gets... No. I mean... You just run it, like yeah. spoke up? Yeah, wherever. I mean, usually if you get hit that much in your wheels, like when he said to lip it off, it might be like a quarter he of it. He said inch. it was like, no, he said it was like it could, 12 o'clock to like 11, 11 o'clock. So that's probably... That's a, that's a decent amount. That's, that's a whole hour. It wouldn't be... Like, you couldn't get hit in the rear and it change your wheel that much and be able to drive it. Okay. So it had to be a little bit of tie rod or something bent. A little bit of both, yeah. yeah. So uh, second to last stop, we have an op- – so we had gained a couple spots. We were in pit stall one. We were doing pretty good all day. Second to last stop, which we thought was going to be the last stop at that point in time. There's 20 to go. Come back in on the right front and pulled the trigger just a hair too soon, and it got the gun spinning to where I put the nut on, and it sucked up real fast. So the last stop, the, it wouldn't come off. It was too tight. Uh, also happened to the three car. They couldn't get their wheel off after the race. It happened to them on the, the last stop. They actually had to cut the wheel off of their car after the race, after the race. Cause they couldn't get off. And, and you know, it's not a, it's not an issue per se of pick guns or wheels or it's, it's a growing pain. But like I talked to, um, some guys that have done IndyCar and they're like, yeah, that's a thing. You can't pull the trigger, uh, especially like on the on pattern. You can't pull the trigger. Because it and has put the nut on. Because it has too much force. It gets going on. too much. It just gets too much. Uh, too much torque. Yeah, it starts spinning too fast, and and it just over torques the wheel, and and the, the gun can't fight through it. What's the window of time? Like very small. A tenth of a second. Yeah, but it, it's it, the the window's small, but it's also very noticeable when you do it. Um, the other thing is like you saw on the twenty four, uh, when they sat down on the left front, pulled the trigger too soon on the off pattern. Um, also heard, I can't confirm or deny that the gun might have not got his button switched all the way around the car, but uh, definitely when it starts throwing sparks like that, you're not fully engaged. So what happens is the nut is harder than the socket, so it'll start grinding the socket. So much much like the pins on the back of the wheel, uh, the socket is the same way where it has pins where it fits inside the socket. Like you'll sit down and hit sometimes, and it'll hit perfect to where it doesn't engage, and you'll have to like either turn the socket a little bit or... Or but shake the it. but the drive pins in the back of the wheel. There's only six drive pins, and there's like eighteen, 18 holes. holes. Yes, this is this is pin one pin per hole. Yeah. So like it's it's a little bit easier. Like it's just luck on if you if you don't engage it, it's just bad luck. Um, but if you do that, especially on the left front, is where you see it a lot because the jackman goes in front of you and you kind of get down to rush that. That's where I, I tend to do it. And when he spun it and it ground off and threw sparks, it's like the the socket didn't want to engage it again because it gets um, it gets a bunch of burrs on it, so then it doesn't want to go in. So you have to force it, and they were able to fight through it, but it definitely cost them a pretty good day. So then they just got caught up in the eight car, and their day was done. But could they have gotten the tire off with a like? With that, you go to your backup gun at that at that point. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you if you get the socket to where it's bad enough. So so one thing that Paoli has done is last year we would get our guns. Um, a different gun every race. So you go and get your box of guns an hour before the race. They give them to you because uh, you, you have a spec gun. Paoli keeps them. You get them an hour before the race and you give them back right after the race. But what they've done now is you keep the same gun all year. They keep them, but you run the same one every week. And just for that reason, because because we know the sockets are, um, are the, you know, the kind of the, the weak link that will get ground off. And if somebody grinds the socket off the week before, you shouldn't have to pay that price. 
So instead of changing the sockets every week, they just let us keep the same guns until they need a rebuild. Um, but yeah, if you if you do grind your socket off too bad, you would end up having to go to a backup gun. Mm. We saw some guys cut some left rears as well. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of that. Had some wheels come off. Had some wheels come loose. It um, wasn't uncommon, though, for you see left rear tires down at Fontana anyways because yeah. the backstretch bumps and the spikes and load there, you're trying to run really low air pressure. Uh, so I think that was a combination of guys getting lower with air pressure than probably what Goodyear recommends. And you you try to run low air pressure on the left side, it does a couple things for you. Gives you stagger, helps the thing turn. It's free grip because it's more sidewall deflection. But when you're going over the backstretch bumps like that, it starts really wearing out the sidewalls. And that's why we saw the eight cut one down. We saw uh, my teammate had two go down, I believe. I think somebody else had a left rear go down. So a lot of those aren't Goodyear's fault because there's a lot of other people running around with uh, with air in their tires. It's a combination of bad luck. Probably a little bit too low on, on air pressure. So uh, those were a couple woes we saw. A lot of the good things we saw were were some really fast stops. You know, the the eight team being able to hold, you know, hold serve almost every time they came down pit road. The forty three, you know, those are two teams that are that are full of veteran guys. You know, the eight team is is uh, is pretty much a bunch of good old boys. You know, and, and you see the Gibbs guys have a lot of speed as well. So I think I think from this weekend, the two fastest organizations were Gibbs and RCR. The eighteen had the fastest stop of the race. There's a little bit of discrepancy depending on what numbers you look at. If it was actually like a a 990 or a 10 flat, but uh, definitely right there in that realm. That's moving. That's moving. You know, they, they didn't get to do a lot of stops because their stuff was wrecked right off the bat. But when they did do pits, you know, they, they got a couple and they were the fastest. And, and the 11 team won, won the day with average um, with a with a low 11. Or I think they were in the 10 second, 10 second average. They were like a 10-4 average. Um, but, but, yeah, the RCR cars – uh, were the surprise to me. Um, it's it's all their same guys. Gibbs has been doing this pit stop for a year now, uh, as as we've talked about on here, and they've got a lot of you know new athletes that they've trained just to do this. Uh, they kind of didn't they didn't even practice five lugness last year, so you'd expect them to be a little bit ahead. But the uh, the RCR guys are all their same guys from five lugnuts, and hell, those guys are doing five lugnuts on Saturday and coming and doing one, and they're changing right handed on Saturday and left handed on Sunday. So kudos to those boys for. Uh, for getting the job done and keeping them up front. It's a, it's a bummer that the A car wasn't able to finish it off or see the end there, but the three guys put, put Austin in a position to win just like the 99 did there at the end. So that was the first true test, essentially, because speed, speedway pit stops are always different because the shocks are really tied down to so the tires don't droop and you're just trying to get the tires on there. After Sunday afternoon, the first true test of the next-gen one-nut pit stops, what do you take away and what are some things to work on? Yeah, well, it's the, it's one of our biggest tests of the year as well. You know, not many places you're going to go do 10 pit stops or, or you know, have that workload. Um, it, it's the oldest surface that we go to, and it's a pit road where the boxes are really big and you can really get after it. But there's still question marks of how tight you want to get these wheels. And the, the penalty for not getting the wheel tight is a four-week suspension. That is a death sentence uh, for some of these teams. And, and for a guy like me, you can't take a month off of work. Um, so like, yeah, imagine messing up at your job and getting a month off of work. That's, that's where we would be at. So there's still a lot of questions around that. So I think you see a lot of teams being conservative with how tight they get the wheels, um, which not only hurts you on the on pattern, but hurts you on the next stop as well, as you saw with me. Uh, there's some other teams that, like I said, like the Gibbs that have done their research that are a little bit faster with that and a little bit, um, they're, they're a little bit less reserved when it comes to hitting the lug nuts on and getting them tight. So 
I think as you see people understand, okay, that was too tight. I can start going a little bit faster here. They, they gain confidence. So confidence builds consistency and consistency is going to build speed. So we're going to see these times just ramp up more and more. We go to Vegas this weekend, which is our, one of our highest load tracks. So, uh, if these guys are going to be doing nine second stops, you can't be worried about your wheel getting tight. You got to get after it. Do you know how many Ugga Duggas it takes to get it tight? It seems like just the one Ugga Dugga will be just fine. One Ugga? <laughs> I don't if you think go you two need... Ugga Duggas is too much? I'll tell you what, if you pull the trigger too soon and Ugga Dugga that thing on, it ain't coming off. So hopefully it's at the end. And there you have it. Pit Road Boats and Woes. Another woe. Who didn't have a woe this weekend? Colonel Custer. Jumping on the show with us here. Stand by after break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, guys, like I told you, got one of my good buddies coming on. Big winner this, this weekend, Mr. Colonel Cole Custer. How you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing great. I mean, you know you've made it when you're on the Stack and Pennies podcast, so I'm just happy to be on. Certified. Only winners and Corey LaJoy on this podcast, sir. And that's why you are with us. You, sir, also, I must point out, you have a solid Zoom background. What are a couple things in your background? Uh, I mean, I got some trophies here. I got a dartboard. I got, you know, Carolina Panthers, uh, Michael Scott right here. So, you know, we got a little bit of everything. It's a, I, I worked pretty hard on this room and it's come together pretty nicely. I can't help but notice the gold monster. They only did that one year for their 50th anniversary. How does that feel? Cause I got to have a normal monster. I don't have a gold monster. I'm a little bit jealous. It was, uh, it was, that was the one everybody wanted to win. I remember that year. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Cause that was my first Dover win also. So, I mean, you know, that's the trophy everybody wants. So I think getting that, it was, uh, it was a huge deal. It's funny how people forget, man. Cause I talked to you this morning on Sirius as well. It's funny how people forget how, when Cole Custer used to be good, one seven race in the Xfinity series, you race a couple years in the cup series, you win one at Kentucky, a couple years go by poor old Cole Custer forgot what he was doing. Not. Nah. He did not forget what he was doing because you you put on a clinic on Saturday. How'd that feel? It was nice. I mean, you know, uh, you know, getting back in the Xfinity cars, their cars. I love that package. I love the horsepower and the downforce and the skew. So I think everything about it. I mean, it's always been cars that I'm really comfortable in, and uh, being able to go back there and you know get a little confidence, you know, I think was was pretty was pretty awesome. 
but also for our sponsor, it was Production Alliance Group. Uh, it was a, you know, they're a SoCal company and I, he actually sponsored the race too. It was the Production Alliance 300. So it was a huge deal for him. I mean, I think he's been talking for like six months about it, about winning his own race. So it was a, it was a great day. Man, you delivered this weekend for sure. Man, solid, solid day in Cupside too. You finished 11th. And what were the, I mean, besides being probably nervous as hell like I was after seeing somebody poke that thing in the fence about every other time we went on the racetrack, what did an Xfinity car drive like back to back to a cup car on Sunday? The biggest thing I thought was just you couldn't hang the car out as much in the cup car. You know, in the Xfinity car, you can get the thing loose. You're probably going to wash up, catch the thing. You're going to be fine. Uh, but when you get in that cup car, I mean, you get that thing a little bit loose, you know, you're going to plug the fence like all those guys did. So there's just not a lot of forgiveness at all with the cup car. You know, it's all uh, you're on the ragged edge every single minute. So it's uh, it's you're pushing that fine line. And I think a lot of guys are going to step over it this year. Man, you mentioned it in the, in the last answer of just confidence builder. Right. Because I don't think a lot of people realize how much of a mental task it is in the cup series especially if you're not up there contending for wins each and every week uh, especially if you think your expectations are a certain level and you might not be reaching them how what's it even mean even though it's on saturday and xfinity race that's got to be a big confidence booster that translates into sunday yeah i mean it's huge i mean like you said i mean you're racing the cup series against 40 of the best guys in the world so i mean there's 25 guys who can go out there and win um, so it's, it's a really easy to lose your confidence at times when you're, you're doing everything you can and it's just not working out. You know, you're, it's like you're pounding against the wall at times, but, um, you just have to keep working hard, keep grinding away at it. You know, you can't forget, you know, that you've won races before and you know what you're doing and uh, eventually it just turns around. Man. I, one thing I'll say is it's, you know, Corey had touched on it, uh, going back and forth from five lug nut pit stops to, to one lug nut is there, are the cues a lot different to when you, uh, drop the jack to put it in gear when you're getting ready to leave. Uh, you kind of can tell if there's an issue and if there's not. I know one time this weekend, Austin kind of checked up because we were pulling some of the wrap that had torn off the left front. He didn't know if the stop was done or not. Is that is that a hard adjustment to make? You know, the biggest thing about it for me has been how deep you can get into the pit box. You know, with how good the brakes are, and I feel like the tires being maybe a little bit wider also, you're able to just go in there and pretty much lock the brakes up, and it's going to stop on the, on a dime. So it's uh, – it's just kind of eye-opening to see how far you get into the box. And, you know, that's something that is always huge on pit road. You know, you got to be able to get every single ounce of time out of it so you can get some spots. And uh, it's just, it's pretty fun. I mean, trying to get in there as hard as you can and seeing how fast the guys are doing it now. Obviously trying to get a big W in the wind column on Sunday is a priority, but are there any other Xfinity races on tap for uh, you and SS Greenlight this year? Uh, nothing for sure right now. Um, I think maybe might try and do a few more, but nothing, uh, nothing to announce yet, really. Um, but I mean, it was cool. I mean, be able to see Bobby Dodder and all his guys in victory lane. I mean, he's been doing it for a really long time. I think he won a race back in the nineties. So it was, uh, it was really cool to see him back in victory lane, but, uh, those guys work as hard as anybody. And it was definitely cool to see those guys, uh, get to live it up. Man, everybody, too, wants to talk about Kyle Larson winning at, you know, Southern California track. He's from a little bit northern, but you, this is probably a home track for you. I mean, what do you grew, grew up? Two hours away from Fontana, California? Uh, so is there, do you have family, you have friends there? It's got to mean a lot winning in your hometown. Yeah, I mean, I grew up about an hour south of Fontana, so it was a race, you know, I probably went to I, since I was five years old, you know. So it was a huge day. I mean, always winning your home track is, is awesome. 
Um, we had family there, so it was really cool. Um, but like you said, I mean, you never forget those ones. I mean, the ones at home are always really special. I feel like being an hour away from somewhere in Fontana is a lot different than being an hour away from somewhere in Mooresville. So what are you like 10 miles away yeah. from the track or how far is that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in Charlotte, it's weird. I mean, everybody's used to kind of like driving 15 minutes away and everything, but in LA it takes so long. And I don't think everybody travels around that much. Dude, it's, it's as bad as they say it is. Traffic is brutal. All right. Love all stuff. Before you go, I'm going to add a new question. I've been thinking about this. I actually ripped this off because we talked about it today on Sirius XM Radio. Question number one. What is a NASCAR-related Cole Custer dream? NASCAR-related Cole Custer dream. Man. I think, honestly, winning at Bristol would be really cool. I mean, I remember going there when I was, you know, really young, and that was always the one I always wanted to uh, to race at it was always the one to watch you know under the lights and now they give you the sword so that's like the coolest thing coolest trophy you can get so um i think bristol would be a really cool one to win um and i think it's it's probably on everybody's bucket list no doubt and question number two if you had to pick one car and one racetrack to race at the rest of your life what are you going with man i think one of my favorite tracks always was chicago you know, I think that place was really wore out. You could run the fence. It had bumps in three and four. It was a, uh, it was a really fun place to run around. I thought it was uh, a place I was, I was always comfortable at. Um, but also Fontana. I mean, Fontana is a wore out racetrack. You can go wherever, slide the thing around at 200. So it's uh, those, the wore out racetracks have always been some of my favorite. It'd be mine too. If Stuart Haas was down in my hot rod, cause those things are sporty on some worn out racetracks. There you have it guys. Cole Custer. Thank you for jumping on stacking pennies. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me on. Thanks, buddy. There you heard it. Colonel Cole Custard himself. Big winner in the Xfinity Series this weekend. All right, guys. We are headed to Viva Las Vegas. Merriman, what are your predictions? Um, I'm interested to see what this car does on a quote-unquote cookie-cutter racetrack i feel like it's what it was designed to succeed at uh what we what we saw from auto club i look to carry over um so hopefully we don't have as many people spinning out and stuff like that that was not fun to to clip highlights last week um i think you're gonna get used to it you're well see that a lot hey, more often as long as the racing's good i don't care but uh i expect more of the same racing to be good wouldn't mind to see suarez get a win or eric jones oh. i'd Hey, I'd like to see one of those guys going to win. I feel like, though, at Vegas, and this is, I mean, granted, you're throwing everything out because it's a new car, but I feel like Team Penske has just been, like, real strong there recently in recent memory. Like, if I'm just going off of the times I've been there, I feel like a Penske car has been a victory lane well, or dominated all the day. top two guys finish an average. Joey Logano with an 8.6, close behind Ryan Blaney. 8.8, so I mean, I've seen that two solid. Car, yes. That's average fin. Like, those guys have an average finish in the top 10 in a track like yeah. that's super impressive i think blaney you know he lost his he lost his pit stall selection this week so they didn't have a great pit stall and then they had trouble pitting the car with getting the right rear tire out so they they were like minus 60 on the day on pit road yeah. uh so they had they had a big whoa but they have such a talented team that once they get it figured out and and ryan was one of the fastest cars this weekend even though he you know come out of the pits sometimes outside of the top 10 he'd drive back up the third or fourth until the next caution came out so they'll definitely get that figured out and i i look for him to uh 
on the old slot machine this weekend. Oh, you're going. You're going with RYB I'm for picking, the dub. I'm picking them. Yeah, I mean, a Penske car has been in contention every race this year with this new car. Joey won the Clash. Cindric. Austin Cindric won the 500. Joey and was Joey was well. in. Where did he finish? Fourth, maybe fifth. Top five. Fifth, but he was yeah. racing for the win and yep. just got you know essentially picked the wrong lane in hindsight and didn't get any help. So a Team Penske car, as we all suspected have hit on this thing, so I expect no less going there this weekend. And I will say that uh, I looked up racing reference to see, you know, Team Penske at uh, at Las Vegas, and I haven't been out there in a little bit because the last three winners were two Chevys and a Toyota. But before that, <laughs> <laughs> but before that, it was like I think five of the past ten or something like that off the top of my head were Team Penske cars. Well, you forget that we go there twice now. Fair. So it used to be, you know, yeah. once a year. But – well, it always seems to me whenever I look up, Joey Logano's close to the front at Vegas. I'm, my money's on the 22 this weekend. And it also helps, like Cole said it earlier in his interview, it helps when you have the sponsor of the race on your car. He's carrying Pendle colors. He's going to be on the gas this week, boys. I thought Joey did a really nice job last week doing the Xfinity Series race. The uh, Joey's good in the booth. Yeah, for sure. I thought his uh, his Thanksgiving comment between – Stephen Parsons and Sheldon Creed was definitely gonna be a little awkward. Uh, uh, spot on. I like the when Matt Kenseth. I saw that today. Oh, amazing! Uh, people mixed uh, it up. Like I don't know. What did he really say? Did you see that? Uh, I heard what did he say something about people thought they called him a prick. He said, he what up, friend? Him. And people thought he said, "What up, prick?" <laughs> Which it would have been funny if could have went either way. Hey, what? I just went either way. Like looking at Boyer's face, like in that, uh, he's just like, eh, eh. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Yeah. How soon? Hey, we speaking forget. of Boyer. Corey wrecked Boyer this weekend on a recliner race. Nope. That son of <laughs> chopped me off, and my leg recliner got caught up in his leg recliner. Did it hurt when you flipped? Did no, I wrote, I wrote it down. Because they're on a base of like a, it it's was like like a hover a, round, dude, right? Dude, it's the most redneck engineer I've ever seen. It was great. So, so They literally like, took a rascal and took yeah. the seat off and put a recliner on Speaking it. of rascals, when you go out here, when you turn to go home, there is a blue rascal jazzy scooter hover round, whatever you want to say, under this bridge out here. As you get down onto 277, part I don't know how the hell it got on the hill, but there is a blue scooter that's been abandoned for two weeks on this hill. I mean, the old commercials say anything's possible with the hover. Finders around. keepers, Corey. Also, you got the truck today. I got the truck. I we'll, love that thing. We'll up. go pull that some down the hill, and we'll make you a recliner. Can mount your seat to it. Love yeah, that. for sure. Yeah. So didn't get it. Well, I got the win, the first recliner race, but they didn't want to. They didn't want to put me in the broadcast as a winner. They wanted Matt to be the winner. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. um, so, so you got DQ'd. Well, they were like, let's run it back again. <laughs> you know, wink, wink for some more, you know, for some more. What if you just kept food. winning? <laughs> well, I had the fastest one. So as I drove by Clint, he just was like, eh, and just sticked right. <laughs> and we got caught. But, you know, can't win nothing, Chuck. Can't get, can't win a recliner race. Mm-mm. Can't even finish damn cup race. Good thing I podcast. Hey, and it's a good podcast at that. Did you have the fastest one because you did your research and went over and yeah, me and Tyler Reddick got there first, and the guy who was like the he was the, the guy that built it all. I'm like, the Which one's the fastest one? Yeah, <laughs> he's like that one's mine. And so Tyler and I literally fought and elbowed each other to get it, and I got it. But also, to no avail. I think that might be one of the reasons why Reddick's leg went to sleep in the cup race is because he was used to. I mean, did you see him riding the recliner like sitting crisscross applesauce? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, but yeah, I guess that was a, a pretty big issue for him. I mean, it Didn't made matter him fast. Then. Made him fast. Well, like you, like 
how you mount you know how to mount seats in cars you've done that a lot of you know that's that's a big deal it's a big deal and like you've cramped up your your abs always seem to cramp up yeah i think i don't being, have those i think being taller uh hurts um just because i'm folded up a little more my hips are more to angle uh, and i'm kind of rolled down more but i think what happened to tyler i haven't talked to him specifically but if you get the pedals too far away from you and his legs are you know, two feet long and max because he's like four foot tall. <laughs> he is short. He is if, shorter than he looks on TV. If his legs are extended and the bottom of your leg is really hard on, hard on the seat, then it'll cut the circulation off. And I think that's what happened. Because um, if you're if the bottom of the if the top of your seat is hitting the bottom of your leg, that can be really uncomfortable. And that's still one of the things of like a learning. Uh, just a learning thing of this new car, like where your pedals have to be, where your legs <laughs> like are. Like when your legs fall asleep. Well, because what, cause how you when you press your pedal down, now your foot goes kind of a different way because they're floor mounted instead of being being up and swinging, they just push straight down. Yeah, so the bottom of your leg could end up in a different position than it had been with the previous car, so your measurements might need to change a little bit, but they were definitely concerned about my A-Cars radio. That's just that, that's just something that like, you know, like legs falling asleep, like foot place, like it's just, you don't, I don't think of that. Yeah. Like, as a fan, I don't. They think. obviously didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you can't move, you know? Like, yeah. you are welded in there. So, every little pe- – like, my hip always – like, stays hurting all the time because the way your hips are – like, the way your torso's sitting up in the car, it's just an uncomfortable position. And by the time now with practice and everything, by the time your body gets back healed for, you know, on a Wednesday, Thursday, you're back in the car – Saturday and it's like this whole cycle I think that's really what drove Gordon to retire because his low back started hurting so bad he can never get to not hurt he couldn't adjust the lumbar support in the seat and get yeah. it right like so my my left side low back too a lot of guys have that problem just because you're trying to hold your torso up so that's why seat angles and positioning whether it be your legs falling asleep or your back hurting or your neck hurting yeah that's a whole another element of things that uh, you know you wouldn't to Merriman's point ever think about gotta be comfy man Got to be comfy. When was the last time your legs fell asleep? My foot fell asleep at Daytona just because it stayed on the gas, you know, wide open for however long. Like, your foot starts tingling because it's full of lead. Like, <laughs> you ever, like, get out and, like, do the, the pins and needles dance when you get out of the yeah. car? Yeah. yeah I, at, last week after Daytona, I was like, you walk and you can't feel your foot. Yeah. Like, you're walking on a nub. <laughs> like, oh, God. I feel like I was Blackbeard or something walking on a peg leg. <laughs> but, uh, Janie, Penny for your thoughts time. All right, Janie, Penny for your thoughts. What we got this week? The first one comes from Dana Olson, and he says, I've heard that the threads on the hubs getting galled up. Is this from the aluminum of the wheels going on and off? And are you allowed to put anything on the threads or wheels to stop this? That's a Ryan question. So, so yeah, there's a, there's a couple things that can happen there. The aluminum from the wheels can get into the thread um, and, and eat that it'll embed in a thread and kind of slow the nut down going on so that's something that we see but we only see that like at practice when you're doing a lot of stuff uh the other thing that could happen is uh if the leading edge of that thread gets hit it'll flatten the thread out a little bit which will also make it hard to get started so we do put anti-seize or you know whatever someone wants to put on there uh your lube of preference but the problem with that is you put too much, you know, there's a lot of dust, um, a lot of brake dust, a lot of, 
rocks and sand at some of these tracks. So if that gets in there, you're, you're going to, you're going to be in a world of hurt too. So it's a little bit of a balancing act to figure out what you want to have on the threads. But the short answer is yes, the threads can get galled up, but that should not end your day. There you heard it. Next one. The second question comes from Loud Pedal TV, and they ask, three races in on three style different tracks and three different winners. Do you predict another breakout winner, i.e. Kyle Larson 2021, Kevin Harvick 2020, Denny Hamlin 2020? Man, Tyler Reddick was strong. I could see a multi-win year from him and that eight crew this year. Um, you know, they can – I think they're going to clean up some things, just execution, but that was their race to lose on Sunday. You know – Obviously, Kyle Larson is going to be tough to beat coming off 10 wins and the All-Star race in the championship last year. It doesn't matter what kind of car he's driving. He'll be tough to beat. Will he win 10 races this year? Hard to say. He'll probably be closer to 10 than he will be than he will be won. So uh, I'm going to say Tyler Reddick has the breakout season of the year. I want to see Tyler Reddick do it because if he were to win next week at Vegas, that would be the 200th different winner in the Cup Series. That'd be a cool. That'd be a cool stat. Cendric was sitting at one ninety nine. Yeah. So the next first time winner will be the two hundredth different winner. Who do you think to that point will be the two hundredth different winner? I mean, I'm going to go with Reddick. Let's go with Reddick. Who do you think? Uh, Suarez. Suarez two hundred. Merriman, you don't have a headset on, but who's your pick? Ice cold mountain mountain takes. Bj Bj. Corey the Joy two hundredth winner. I'd love that. I don't know. I think statistically Vegas is my best mile and a half probably have a solid average finish like 27th but you never know man hopefully we hit on it this week who's janey's 200th winner i was Janie. gonna say Corey. y'all are too nice i don't know we're we're a half step behind in understanding this next gen car i wouldn't put a whole lot of money on Corey joy being 200 winner i'm looking at tyler reddick uh so that he'll be strong if harrison burton were to win in the 21 car that would Ooh. be the 100th win for the Wood Brothers and the 200th overall winner ain't happening. I know. I, know I ran in front of him all day, and my stuff drove terrible. It'd just be one ain't of those happening. like poetic things. Now NASCAR does have a way of delivering on storylines. Yeah. a lot of times, but that storyline ain't gonna be it. <laughs> hey, in the 21, did he almost win last year there? Where was it? Yeah, ben fourth. The 21 almost won that race. New game this year, my friend. Hey. It's a new game, Janie. Last question we have is from James Maples, and he says, any chance your car number font gets changed to the one on your hat from Sunday, or was the hat a teaser to your Darlington car? Um, no, to answer that question. So this is literally just, I told Leanne, I said, Leanne, I want a hat that looks like Chance the Rapper, but instead of a three, I want a seven. And this is what they said back. <laughs> That's, exactly That's how, how that happened. Went. It was like. Anybody, this. anybody that's just listening to Audibly can go on my Instagram and see the picture with me and Chuck Liddell, and that's the hat that I'm wearing currently. It's not a nod to what we're going to do for throwback. It's not a nod to anything else besides when they designed a number seven Chance Rapper hat, this is what they came back It's a clean-looking hat. Yeah. And I think that's, like, no offense to a lot of the NASCAR merch. Like, there's not a lot of clean stuff a lot of times, and that's a that's a good, clean-looking uh, I'll tell you, though, I've got some good-looking merch, and – uh, Harris Lou designed it, and I, he's like, what do you want? I'm like, anytime I make something sleek and cool that I would wear, it never sells. Yeah. The more obnoxious I make a T-shirt, then some just fly off the shelf like hotcakes. I mean, I love the, I like, I love that stuff, but I also, like, I want that clean thing that people are like, oh, is that, what? It, what is that? It's just a seven, man. Yeah, I like it. You know, I dig it. Not too much to get excited about. I have a quick question. What do you got? Could you, even be, could you imagine being locked in a cage with Chuck Liddell? I was thinking about that. I got, I got like, <laughs> go, like I got a a, as I stood there. Now, 
my man's eggs are scrambled a little bit. Huge Taco Dell fan. Mm-hmm. God almighty. And But as I stood there and looked eye to eye, he's about an inch and a half taller than I was, but his head was double the width of mine, almost as big as Merriman's yeah. head, not quite that big. <laughs> like, I legitimately thought of, like, how would it feel if the cage closed behind you and that guy had shark eyes wanting to absolutely kill you? I was in the bathroom, like, and there was a long line, so he came in right behind me, like, the hallway, and he had a Denny Hamlin jacket. I said, where'd you get that terrible jacket from? <laughs> and he said, what? <laughs> and I just, like, brushed it off because I didn't want to get double-legged. I don't want to double leg him. Dude. Mm. Big man and just born for fighting glory. It's cool to meet him. There's a bunch of celebrities out this weekend. Dude, but the place was packed. Pit Road was packed. Had a lot of people come up to us on Pit Road. I'm talk telling about you, man. So Cube, you, man. Cube was back at the track? He was there talking to Turn Joey. him into a regular old NASCAR fan, Chuck. Just saying, man. That's good stuff, man. NASCAR's getting cool again. Ice Cube. And Mark Martin hanging out at the 22 hauler before the race. I mean, I feel like they they were talking a lot about, you know, rap because Mark Martin, he loves his rap. Yes. That he does. Hip hop. -hop. I'd be remiss if I didn't give my buddy Justin from Auto Club the grand title of Penny Stacker of the Week. He's just a gate guard over at Auto Club. We did a little sunrise service with. Not just a gate guard. The gate guard. They are gate guards. Don't say just a gate guard. Those guys at Auto Club, they do a good job. Fair enough. I don't know if he was an employee of the track. I think he was just volunteering. He was sitting there, golf cart, cool as a cucumber. He's like, hey, man, love the podcast. Hey. So, Justin, you, sir, are the Penny Stacker of the Week. Appreciate that. And thank you guys. All of you listening to the episode right now are all Penny Stackers of the Week, but especially Justin because he's special. Maybe you can be special next week after Vegas. I have a quick story if you want to hear it about pennies, but you don't have to add it in. What is it good? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because so – this way, it, it kind of f***ed you a little bit. So, what else is it goes back to Allentown. I found a, we were not very good, found Heads Up Penny, won a race. Daytona 500 morning. What was the year, what was the year on the penny? I don't know, the winning year. 1968. Yeah, so, get out of the car at Daytona. Or no, in our pit stall before the race at Daytona, Heads Up Penny. Shit. Pick it up. And I had a, I had a guy, old school racer guy, he was also like a, I was young. I was like Cub Scouts. He told me that if you get a heads up penny, you have to give it to somebody for it to be good luck. So I gave it to my carrier. Here, man. We won Daytona 500. Get out of my car at the airport on Saturday. Two pennies laying on the ground. I grabbed one. I gave it to Jesse, my carrier. I said, hey, man. I found these again. Gave it to Jesse. We got the pole. Pit stall one Saturday. Put the other one in my pocket. I said, I'm going to give this to Corey and tell him a story. Stack some pennies. Never gave it to me. I lost it. <laughs> I lost and it. what did you do? Yeah, well, this one was for Corey, so we no. used ours on Saturday. But yeah, I had a rough day. You had a rough day. I get it. Yeah. You got the karma. <laughs> there was no penny helping yeah. me on that situation. Yeah. But, I, yeah, so anyway, we were thrashing on Saturday. It was Or on Sunday, it was a busy day. Lost your penny. Sorry about that. Now we <laughs> – yeah. Now he's – he jams nut on there for Ogadugas, and I stuck my shit in the fence, all because of the penny. And you didn't get the 200th uh, win because of the penny. Yeah. So that I so literally the last couple weeks I have been stacking pennies. Hey, love that. So you lost one. Yeah, we lost. Next time you get one and you think of me, you better bring it straight to my truck. As bad as my last pit stop was, I'm keeping every penny I get. <laughs> God, <laughs> save them up. There you have it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. it. That's all you got. Thank you all for stacking pennies.